Hey everyone, I'm Taylor, and this week we're going to be talking about the six-time Emmy Award-winning show, Fleabag. I hope you're all well and ready to dive deep into the show and their characters, the character dynamics, and I'm going to be talking about how these characters relate to me and how I find such an importance in their arcs and start off, I don't know if you guys have ever taken all those personality quizzes like I have. Um, I've taken so many and every time I get the character Claire, so maybe that's like a fun little thing you guys could do while you're listening to this. I know like a lot of people probably want the character Fleabag, but I'm actually content with having uh, not a main character just because I relate to her and we're both the older sister and we struggle with these relationships that we have as an older sister and I think that maybe if you guys take the quiz you can also figure out uh, who you think you are in the show. So for you guys who don't know, Fleabag is a BBC show and it follows the character Fleabag who we will never learn their name throughout the two seasons that are in the show and we follow her life as she sort of breaks this fourth wall constantly just giving her opinion, her thoughts. It's very humorous in a way while the show is also very serious at the same time so it's like this perfect balance almost in between these two concepts. Not many people really see Fleabag for who she is, and so while she's doing these fourth wall breaks, it's sort of considered, I think, as maybe just her zoning out, and so the people around her just ignore her. But while we see her breaking the fourth wall, we're really just getting her opinion, and basically just what she's overall thinking, just because she's also grieving throughout this whole show, her mother's death and her best friend's death. And it's really just a sad time for her throughout the whole show, sadly. But again, at the same time, it's still funny. Starting off with Fleabag's character development, she's definitely a charismatic, sad person, I would say. She also is just struggling with sex addiction and religious trauma. I think that this religious trauma is stemming from her mother and best friend's death. And it's not really until she meets the hot priest into the second season where she starts to unravel this and really figure out who she is. And she's really doing this in between the first and second season when she decides to just live her life independently. I will always be a flea bag apologist and defender just because all of her actions do actually have a reason. Not all of her actions are the best, but there's definitely some trauma when your godmother marries your father soon after your mom dies. Now talking about Claire, who has the exact same parent trauma as Fleabag because Claire is Fleabag's older sister. Claire is a special character to me just because the expectations that older, I don't want to say just sisters have, but older siblings have to basically be this mature figure in the household at such a young age really uh, affects Claire in her adult life as well. Claire, unlike Fleabag, has a harder time being less serious in her life, and she is more focused on work than, you know, focused on her family. She is still focused on her family, but the thing is is that her family is very problematic and that her husband is this awful man and her child is also just her stepson. Like, they're not in any way related and he's a little bit touchy as this 16-year-old kid. It's like kind of this joke in the show that... You know, he's, like, doing all these little kid stuff, but he's, like, literally, like, a teenager, and it's just creepy for Claire. At the very end of the show, I would even argue the last episode, Claire finally figures out that 
for her to be happy for the rest of her life that she has to finally just love herself and pick herself over anybody else but at the same time she also loves Fleabag like I'm not saying that she is like just being this narcissistic person now you know she mentions in the last episode that the only person she would run in an airport for is Fleabag and like literally the moment that she said that I will admit I was I was crying like that is just so I don't know I just I think as a older sister to two younger sisters it's just this really beautiful relationship that I don't know it's just hard to replicate without you know growing up and being around each other like that and I just think this show is really beautifully done in that sense so that's it for this week and you guys will get to hear more from me next week for my interview podcast for the show Arrested Development and I can't wait for you guys to hear that uh see you then bye Hey everyone, it's Taylor, and this week I'm joined by my friend Maggie, and we're going to be talking about Arrested Development. Hey, thanks for having me on. Today I'm joined by a really good friend of mine, Maggie, and I've known her for a really long time, so we've both been able to talk about Arrested Development since, like, basically high school. And today we're going to be talking about some of our favorite gags in the show and then a little bit of our opinions on how the show ended. So starting off, Maggie, what would you say is your favorite gag? Um, my favorite gag throughout Arrested Development is probably, like, the chicken gag mm-hmm. where they do, like, the... Like, they also <laughs> they don't know how a chicken, like, works. Yeah. <laughs> coca, coca, that is not how chicken sounds. Chickens don't clap! And it's a, the funniest thing because I remember watching uh, each individual character do it. And then yeah. I forget which episode, but then like three of them, like Job. Uh, I think Lindsay and. Lindsay and. Maybe Lucille. Or no, maybe no, it's, it's George. Yeah, okay. George does it. Um, I think that's my funniest one because it's it's like it's always at like the wrong moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because like none of them know what a chicken looks like if that's what they Or like think what a chicken like. Yeah. sounds like. like. That's not a chicken. <laughs> So the cool thing about the show, I would say, and the gags is that, like, I mean, like, in every show, every joke builds up um, for the next one. And the show definitely has its own language in a way and uses catchphrases differently. I think what's so different about Arrested Development is that, like, every character is using the same joke. So, yeah. like, there's mo- there's always money in the banana stand is used by, like, basically every character. Yeah. Or, like, I've made a huge mistake Mm-hmm. That's also throughout, like, the whole show, too, which I think is really cool about these gags. It's very, like, universal. Yeah. You know. I would even say that our relationship is based off of this show because even last year... <laughs> I wouldn't say based, uh, Well, like, we but... talk about it a lot. Well, yeah, because last year we started an Arrested Development Marathon, like, our first semester of college. So. In our little dorm room. In our first little dorm room. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but... Going off of how we're always talking about the show, I always talk about Tobias Funke. Mm-hmm. And what would you say that your favorite character is? I I don't want to say Tobias Funke because you already said that, so I'll throw out a couple characters. <laughs> I really like Job. Job is good. <laughs> and Lucille. Uh, I love 
all of the characters, honestly. Yeah. Like, like, there's no, like, one character that you kind of, like, hate. Another character that you didn't really see much was, like, Maybe. And she oh, had, yeah, she was a great character, for sure too. For sure, like, You didn't see much of her either, I feel like. She was always... Which I guess was the point. point yeah, yeah, like, that she's, like, the only child left out. Well, mm-hmm. she's, like, choosing to be left. It's, like... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's her parents pay her no attention. Mm-hmm. Which is... Her father is Tobias Funke. Yeah. Tobias Funke has probably the most, like gags yeah well throughout like the cutoff shorts and it's weird because cutoff yeah. shorts blue man group uh he's a never nude <laughs> never nude what was the one where they play what is the instrument that he plays in that oh like the that, it's that like convention? almost like a fiddle i don't know i, I don't remember yeah. but like like he make jingles for his own mm-hmm. medicine and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah and the thing that i wanted to point out about him is that like most of his gags he he's the only one doing them like he's like the only character true where it's like which I think is funny because that makes him so special. But it's like everyone knows. Oh, I totally forgot about the gag where he's the, the <laughs> he tries to get back into the family, so he does like the, <laughs> the Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody knows. Yeah. It's like all of he's the only one that's like doing the gags, but everyone references, and so it's like the cutoff shorts. Like Everybody's aware. About, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's aware, but like he's just a he doesn't person. Think, he doesn't think that anybody does too. Which yeah, is also really funny. <laughs> I'm looking for something that says, "Dad likes leather." So I know that we mentioned that we watched the show just last year together, but when was the first time that you would actually watch the show? Like, I don't know the exact date. I'd probably say middle school. Mm-hmm. Like, but, yeah, my parents got me into it because they, you know, they had watched it when it had come out. And, uh, I mean, I watch a lot of TV with my parents anyways. And mm-hmm. so they were like, you'd love the show. And I was like, ah. And then, I, yeah. I definitely it's definitely, it. <laughs> like, we've talked to other friends about it. For that, like, reason. people just, like, can't get into it. And I feel like this in Parks yeah. and Rec, it's like, you just got to give it, like, a chance. Because Parks and Rec, too, is, like, a great show. And the oh, fact yeah. that people can't get over the first episode is just, like, blows my like, mind. We also watched that last like, year, Parks too, and Rec is actually one of, I think... I mean, this is, like, I don't know if controversial, but I think Parks and Rec is even better than The Office. Oh, I definitely agree. It, there's more, there's a, like... And people, like, worship The Office. People worship The Office. I think that, like, the reason that Parks and Rec is different than The Office is because Office had so many different subplots going mm-hmm. on. All of these different, like, subplots that, like... With each character, which is yeah. kind of, like, how Arrested Development is, in a sense... Until, yeah, like, seasons four that. and five. Because, mm-hmm. like, after the seven-year gap, actually, and I did a little bit of a research as to why, like, the show had just taken such a different, like, take. And it's because, like, in this seven-year gap, like, nobody really realizes that how famous some of these actors mm-hmm. got. Like, oh, my gosh, what's Job's real name? <laughs> he married uh, ex-husband uh, of Amy Poehler. Maybe that's what we should Will just Arnett. call him. Will Arnett. Will Okay. <laughs> Um, like, well, boy. these people are really famous now, and so the whole reason why seasons four and five feel so different is because none of their scenes are really together. Like, they all have, yeah. like, individual, because none of them could actually film at mm-hmm. the same time. They did, like, a reverse. Right. So, like, going <laughs> into that, story. like, what do you think about this, like, big change in seasons four and five when the show was bought from Fox to Netflix? Well, the thing is that I didn't even know that there was, like, that huge of a gap difference like I said Mm -hmm. before I started watching it when all of them came out right obviously there's a big difference between how the characters look and stuff right like Um, aged (laughs) respectfully aged yeah respectfully (laughs) aged I didn't really like I noticed that there was definitely just a a change in 
Yeah, the like, overall vibe of it wasn't... Like, jokes felt different. And... They, yeah, they didn't feel as genuine. Right. In my opinion. And so a lot like... of people argue that. So the whole reason, too, I don't know if you know, is, like, why the show was stopped by Fox is because, like, at this time, like, streaming was becoming more popular. And mm-hmm. so, um, like, audience reviews weren't able to keep up with the fact that people were watching the show, just not on, like, cable. They, like, finally started streaming it. You know, Fox had let the show go because they had thought that the show wasn't getting as much views as it was, but it was getting so many views and even got, like, five uh, Emmys or something like that. I was going like to say, that. like, I remember Like, the show that, did well. I was remember, yeah, I was going to say, I remember hearing it got, like, just a crap ton of awards, but, like, the, it was, I don't know, it was just, like... Dro- like, dropped off the face of the planet. Like, yeah. After three seasons, which is weird for a show that was doing so well, but yeah. it was only doing well on like these newer, like, like TiVo, like mm-hmm. streaming services. It was just kind of like bad timing, almost. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that could be said. Because when it was also how like, could have gone. But like Netflix had just started at mm-hmm. this point, like doing original series, so it was like pretty early yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Still, maybe if they had tried just a little bit harder with like working everybody's schedules out and fourth and fifth, it could have been better mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, it's almost like I feel like. They should have just picked it up and put it on Netflix rather than trying to recreate it because I don't think they did a very good job. Some people refer to it as, like, season three being the ending, even though they're season four and five. Because in season three, they they were planning on stopping it, so they wrapped it up and stuff, and so... So people refer to that as, like, the true ending or whatever. Yeah, just, like, completely Um, ignore. And that's valid. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, because, like, I don't... I don't. I can't say if I've actually finished the whole series. I know I've seen seasons one through three and right. bits and pieces of four and five, but like I, it just wasn't the same. So I couldn't yeah. bring myself really to like finish it. It's like rewatching The Office after Michael leaves. Like yeah. it really even cares. <laughs> like, For me, seasons four and five definitely feel like uh, an attempt of recreation of the first three seasons that like failed. Like it wasn't really like a continuation, but more of like trying to like go off of the hype that it used yeah. to have. The hype train wasn't, <laughs> and it, there was no hype there because seven years. It's seven passed. years, like <laughs> yeah. This is basically our little ramble and thoughts of <laughs> of Arrested Development, really. And I guess this could just go for a lot of comedy shows that we might see this happening in. Mm-hmm. Comedy is very universal. Yeah, almost timeless. It's a, that and in like some it's very, cases, it's there are some jokes like, that become outdated. Oh, of course. I'm talking more about like style of comedy, right? Almost. Like the almost uh oh my gosh, mockumentary. Mockumentary is a, that's is a big still thing. famous. Thank you for having me on. No, the show. thank you so much for joining me. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I also love talking about Arrested Development or other shows in general. So yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for this week. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. And next week, we're going to be talking about Gilmore Girls. So hope to... Yes. (laughs) Hope that you guys get to hear that then. Um, Thank you. Hey guys, enjoy this soundscape of POV your Rory Gilmore reading on a bench in Stars Hollow.
Anyways, thank you guys for listening to my podcast series. It's been really fun, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.